You are listening to The Texas Standard. For the past two weeks, leaders from some 200 countries meeting in Poland have had somewhat less apparent reluctance uttering the double C phrase, but are nonetheless still struggling over what exactly to do about the planet getting warmer, leaving us where exactly? What are people, businesses, governments supposed to do to help us explore? Our producers have assembled quite the expert panel. Brady Dennis is a reporter for The Washington Post. He focuses on the environment and public health issues. He's currently in Poland for the Climate Change Conference. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, Also joining us on the line, uh, this time from the University of Washington in Seattle, it's Justin Penn. He is lead researcher in chemical oceanography there. Justin, uh, welcome to the Texas Standard. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. And here in the studio, it's Dr. Catherine Romanak. She is a research scientist at the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin. Good to see you, Dr. Romanak. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know where to begin with a with a subject quite this large, but Brady, perhaps we should begin with you since uh, you have been tasked with providing those of us back in the States with something of an overview. You write that The U.S. is having a leadership void among the international community when it comes to what's been happening in Poland over the last couple of weeks. What do you mean by that? Give us an example. You know, the U.S. uh, was really a driving force in in what became the Paris Agreement in 2015. It it pushed other nations to think ambitiously and and to sign up for this this effort to cut global emissions and to, to combat climate change. And since the new administration, uh, you know, President Trump, as we all know, has said that um, he intends to withdraw from that agreement. Um, and so that's really changed the dynamic here. The, the United States, which was once the leader in these talks, is, you know, in many ways on the sidelines. And so that has left uh, a lot of folks looking for for other countries to to step up and, and keep it going and push it forward. Indeed. Do you see any other countries stepping up to play that larger role? Is there a sense of urgency coming from other world leaders? There is. I mean, but a, a good point that a lot of folks have made to me this week is, you know, uh, it's hard to fill a U.S.-sized void. I mean, not many countries have the, the clout and the, the size of the U.S. And so, um, you know, for example, the EU has 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 kept pushing and said it wants to uh, do ambitious things, to to have ambitious goals here. And, and there's any number of other smaller countries uh, that would certainly agree with that. The question, I think, is whether um, some of the larger nations sign on and, and, and keep it going. Meanwhile, here in the States, uh, some listeners may be wondering about the sense of urgency that uh, these political figures and scientists are talking about. New research points to a worrisome study about the current state of our climate. Justin, Tell us what you know about what the great dying is and what your research found. So the great dying is is one of five mass extinctions in Earth's history, and it's the most severe mass extinction that we've seen in the fossil record. Now, we, we know it's related to volcanic greenhouse gas release, but, but we hadn't known the exact mechanism connecting greenhouse gas release to the collapse of, of the marine ecosystem. Until uh, my colleagues and I, we, we, we started a study where we actually took global climate simulations, test those predictions of extinction by looking in the fossil record and looking for the pattern of extinction across the planet. And lo and behold, what we see is that global warming and, and the loss of oxygen from the ocean would have caused the, the, the patterns of extinction at the Great Dying. So, so in a obvious. sense, we're talking about we've been here before, in a way. 
in a way that the changes that we're causing in, in, in the modern ocean by a greenhouse gas release into the atmosphere, namely ocean warming and the loss of seawater oxygen concentration, which we're seeing today, those would have been the drivers of the greatest extinction in the history of life. Well, you know, uh, Dr. Romanak, this none of this is very comforting. You know, you, first we were talking about the, the lack of leadership. Then we hear that uh, there's a kind of mirroring of what happened during that great dying today. Um, I think a lot of people listening to us right now might wonder, well, so what as an individual can I do? Because, you know, many of us grew up with that mantra, uh, you know, uh, reuse, reduce, recycle. And yet it seems like such a small thing. And if governments aren't able to get their act together, then what? Well, first of all, I don't think the listeners should be, you know, overwhelmed by that. Once you're tapped in to the information that we know is science-based, correct, and real, then we can understand more the path forward. What we have to understand is that we need sweeping behavioral changes. One of the things that we can do is, for example, to look at every single material object that you use every day and see it as a carbon emission. Because the manufacture, the transport, and everything around that is a carbon emission. If everybody was committed to making a permanent behavioral change, just pick one. Maybe it's uh, no meat Mondays, or maybe it's you know taking a, um, a bottle with you wherever you go. We can actually participate in our own way in carbon trading, carbon market. How so? So if you go to www.offset.climateneutralnow, you can actually calculate your own personal carbon emissions, and then you can buy credits to offset your own personal emissions. Where does that money go when you say buy credits? So that that money goes to gold standard projects in developing countries that are reducing the emissions in developing countries. So for example, if you find that you have taken a trip on an airplane, and that's uh, 30 tons of CO2 or 10 tons of CO2, Mm -hmm. then you can buy carbon offsets at $3 per ton, and that money will go towards certified United Nations um, projects for developing country low-carbon development. Brady, how does that sound to you as someone who covers these issues? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when we talk about cutting emissions or the world cutting its emissions, I mean, it, it... there is a question of scale. I mean, it, it won't happen without the involvement of governments and businesses and states and cities alike. I mean, it's, it's something on all those levels. But, you know, what are governments if not made up of people? So I think people shouldn't be uh, necessarily overwhelmed when they hear about this problem in the sense that we all have a we all have a role to play in causing it. And, and I think we all have to have a role to play in solving it. And, and so uh, Individuals certainly have a role, just as governments must have a role. Justin, are you optimistic that that things can be turned around uh, before another uh, great dying, as, as we've been discussing? I am, and the reason for that is the great dying was caused by a volcanic greenhouse gas release, whereas modern climate change is being caused by us, being caused by humans. And so we've identified the problem in this work that was just published, But in doing so, we've also identified the solution, and that's to cut emissions of CO2 into the atmosphere to to stop the emissions. And I think that, for me, the the greatest 
behavioral change that an individual can make is to get out and vote for leaders that believe in climate change and believe in climate change solutions. Dr. Roman, we were talking a little bit before we went uh, on the air here about some of your specific research, which has been on carbon capture. And I was reading another uh, story which said that carbon capture may be our best, and some say, uh, only backstop at this juncture. What say you? Yes, well, the special report of the IPCC, again, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, absolutely agrees with that. Um, We have the technology at the Gulf Coast Carbon Center. We study, and we have been studying for 20 years, um, the capture of carbon from large industrial sources and its disposal or storage in deep geological formations. So you're saying the technology is there. Is it cost effective? The technology is here, and we can do storage very easily, but the capture is the thing that's Mm -hmm. quite expensive right now. They found um, cost reductions of 67% for the capture portion, so we're getting there. Obviously, this is an enormous issue, and uh, we're grateful to have quite the panel of experts talking about it, but we've only started to scratch the surface. We'll have some other resources online at texasstandard.org. You've just been hearing the voice of Catherine Romanak. She is research scientist at the Bureau of Economic Geology, UT Austin. Justin Penn has been on the line from Seattle, where he is an earth scientist at the University of Washington, and Brady Dennis, he's national reporter for the Washington Post speaking to us from the climate conference in Poland. Uh, Folks, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out to talk with us on the Texas Standard. We appreciate your participation. Thank Thank you. you so much. Thanks for having us.